Views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? Great night to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Panhandle Sports Live for this 29th day of July in the year of our Lord, 2022. Luke Wiggs still here holding down the fort with Jordan and Parker both on vacation. However, of course... We can't go the entire show without hearing Parker's picks. We will have those in the last segment. Yet again, another busy sports day to talk about. Mostly baseball on the show today, but we'll talk a little basketball with TBT. Of course, Best Virginia playing tonight in Dayton in a game that you can hear right here on the Panhandle News Network. But we've got Legion Baseball to talk about, Major League Baseball as well. And we'll be hearing from WBOY's Daniel Woods, the sports director himself, He'll talk about the American Legion tournament that he's seen the last couple of days. We'll get his opinions uh, on Best Virginia as well. I've worked with Daniel extensively for years, so to be quite honest with you, I don't know what direction the conversation could go. We could get into conference realignment if we feel so inclined, but we'd love to hear from you today as well. The easiest way to get in contact with the show is to tweet us, uh, and on Twitter it is at EP News Network. That's a capital E-P-N-N in News Network. We're happy to read your tweets, your comments, your whatever on the show today because there's going to be a lot of discussion today. Trey Mancini might have played his final home game of Camden Yards, uh, and he went out in spectacular fashion. We'll talk about that in just a couple of moments. But Legion Baseball, top of the docket today. Unfortunately, for those of you that were able to hear, we ran the game yesterday on the Panhandle News Network. Uh, Berkeley Post 14 falls uh, to Morgantown Post 2. 3-1 to one the final score of that one. Very, very well played ball game. Very well pitched as well. Highlighted by Caleb Cottle, who goes five innings. Uh, strikes out seven and only gives up one earned run. And the scoring got started in that game for post two with a Zach Brennan, RBI, or rather, yes, RBI sacrifice fly in the top of the first third inning. The 2-1 pitch, he goes the opposite way as well. And this ball is going to be caught by the right fielder. Should be deep enough to score the run as Cody Thomas tags up and scores from third. Sacrifice fly to right field off the bat of Zach Brennan gives Morgantown post two an early one nothing lead here in the third. Zach Brennan, who plays collegiate baseball now, uh, made it one nothing post two, and then Walters follows follows up a couple of moments later with an RBI single of his own. one nothing Morgantown here in the third, and there's a fly ball, shallow right center, and down for a base hit in front of Herndon. Rounding third, heading home on the play is Aaron Forbes, and heading to third base and in safely in front of the tag of third baseman Raleigh Bubb is Tommy Montag. First and third, two outs remain. Walters, two for two now as he singles a shallow right center, drives in Forbes. Morgantown leads 2-0. Then Tommy Montag, you heard his name there in the top of the fifth. He made it 3-0 and is really one of the best uh, 15-year-old players in the state of West Virginia. And Stevens in danger of walking his second, but there's a ground ball right side and through off the bat of Montag. They're going to send Forbes around third, and he will score. And Morgantown extends their lead to 3-0 over Berkeley here in the fifth. 
And you heard Stevens there on the mound, admirable in his effort, the third starter that Berkeley was able to use as he gives up all three runs. Uh, but nonetheless, you give up three runs through five or six innings in Legion baseball, puts your team in a very good chance to succeed. Unfortunately, Berkeley only manages one run, and it was a Braden Hartman sacrifice fly in the bottom of the fifth. The count 1-0, the batter, Braden Hartman. Hartman today has walked and reached on the fielder's choice. He sends a fly ball to right field, or left field, I should say. It's caught by the left fielder, Kennel, tagging from third and scoring on a sacrifice fly is Connor Bailey. And Berkeley has their first run of the evening. It's 3-1 to one, Morgantown here in the bottom of the fifth. And all of those calls coming courtesy of the Metro News Radio Network. It was Chris George, uh, who's the regular play-by-play voice for Bridgeport Baseball, uh, that had the pleasure of calling those games yesterday. So unfortunately, the season ends for Berkeley. Morgantown post two advances today. Three teams left in the tournament right now. Uh, undefeated South Charleston and then Parkersburg and Morgantown, both of which you have one loss. So Parkersburg will take on... South Charleston today, you can find those games at the Metro News website. Uh, if South Charleston wins, then they'll advance in the championship game to play Morgantown post two, and then post two would have to beat South Charleston twice. I understand it's confusing. Uh, if Parkersburg beats South Charleston, then everybody's got one loss, and then things get a little bit weird as we come down the stretch of this tournament. But uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, a valiant effort by Berkeley County post 14 and really just ran into some buzzsaws. Parkersburg ace. Uh, did a lot to stifle them in the first game of this tournament. And Caleb Cottle, who isn't even Morgantown's ace, he's their number three, was just uh, in prime form. The first five outs of the game were strikeouts yesterday. Cottle strikes out five of the first six hitters, strikes out seven in the game, and only gives up one run as Morgantown post two advances. And I will say this about post two, and I don't want to uh, praise them too much. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I played for that team back in the day. They're playing really good baseball, and they're being very competitive in a tournament that really doesn't mean that much to them because they advance to the regional regardless because they're the host team. So it's nice to see them putting up a fight. And, you know, it's a shame. You don't want to root for the team that just eliminated you, but you want to see Morgantown, or rather West Virginia teams, represent West Virginia well uh, in the regional that will be played. Morgantown went on a a historic run and, and nearly got to the regional final last year. Uh, when it was the Great Lakes Regional. So of the three teams that are left, for two of them to make it, uh, Parkersburg, South Charleston, Morgantown, and Berkeley, don't get me wrong, would have been an also great representation from the state of West Virginia. But now it's time as Eastern Panhandle fans to turn our attention to hopefully one of these West Virginia teams going on a little bit of a run um, in this American Legion Regional. Again, I mentioned TBT earlier. Best Virginia will play the Red Scare of Dayton tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, we'll hear the postgame thoughts of Kevin Jones and Devin Ebanks coming up here in a little bit, but I encourage you to tune in if you decide that you want to stay up that late on your Friday, and I hope that you do, uh, to hear the Metro News radio call tonight here on the Panhandle News Network as Tony Caridi will have the call, and I teased it a little bit yesterday. I'm very excited to hear who's doing color for him. I know who it is. I'm not going to tell you guys. It's just going to be like that. You're going to want to tune in because it's going to be a very special guest, and I think it's going to be a very, very good broadcast. In Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, man. I'm getting Orioles fever. I'm a Cardinal fan, but I'm rooting for the O's. They win yesterday. um, 3-0, they blanked the Rays. Jordan Lyles was phenomenal. Five and two-thirds innings he works in that game, and the Orioles are now just uh, three games back in the AL wildcard, and the biggest hit delivered, of course, by one Mr. Trey Mancini. Mancini hits it in the air to right, low, headed back, 
Dealing with the sun, trying to find it, and it hits off below. It caroms away. It's headed towards the corner. Hayes is going to score. Coming over is Quinn. They're setting Mancini around third. Throw coming home. Trey slides. He is in there. Unbelievable. Orioles take a 3-0 lead. That just happened. Trey Mancini, an inside-the-park home run that hit the Rays right fielder in the head. He comes around to score. It's 3 nothing the final. And I did want to bring up also that the quotes surrounding Trey Mancini after the game were a little bit weird. And I apologize, those fans, but I think we need to talk about it. Trey Mancini was quoted after the game saying this, I hope I get to stick around and still be a part of this team. But I understand how the business works and I don't really have a say in it. I'm just going to keep out there or going to go out there every day and keep playing because I love the city and the team and all of the guys here. That language sounds like a guy that knows he's about to get traded, if I'm being completely honest with you. And we had that conversation yesterday as to whether or not the O's should be buyers or sellers at the deadline. I said maybe a little bit of both. If they could go out and get a guy like Tariq Skubal, it would cost a bunch to get him. But it sounds like the conversation in the clubhouse that Mancini is hearing uh, is that he thinks he's going to get traded. Um, and other quotes surrounding him, Jordan Lyles said the same thing, and a lot of Orioles beat reporters said the same thing, that if that is his at-bat in Camden Yards, his last at-bat, I should say, uh, what a spectacular way to go out for Mancini, who's one of the most beloved players for the Orioles, and just a dramatic finish for the Orioles, who again, as we're all the way at the end of July, just a couple of days until the MLB trade deadline, and uh, there were three games out of a playoff spot. So we're all rooting for the Orioles here, of course, and you can hear every Orioles game right here on the Panhandle News Network. Elsewhere in Major League Baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Blue Jays 6-1, to highlighted by this big blast by Mr. Albert. The runners lead at the corners and the 1-0 pitch. A swing and a high fly ball to center field. This is going to go! Three-run homer, Albert Pujols! Wow. I smell the coffee brewing with that long ball by Pujols. Number 686 in his career. You heard it there, 686. By the way, WBAL had the call for the Mancini inside the park home run. That's KMOX that had the call for the Albert Pujols home run. 686, the question on everybody's mind, not just Cardinal fans. They're trying to compete. Pujols' at-bats have been a little bit limited this season, but he's 14 away. From 700, Obviously, no doubt, a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's not going to affect his legacy in any way, but you want that 700 next to your name. Is he going to get there? It's a tough conversation to have. The Cardinals are most likely going to add another bat at the trade deadline. That's going to push Pujols down the depth chart, especially if it's Juan Soto and more guys taking at-bats away from him, and they're looking to compete. So, you know, you can't have Albert Pujols hitting 230 for you coming off the bench if he's just going to hit a home run every couple of days. So the do I think he's going to get to 700? I honestly have no idea, but it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch of that game. 14 more home runs to go and about half the season to get there. And the other biggest storyline for Major League Baseball last night, the Yankees and the Royals. The Yankees coming off of a series where they were swept uh, in the Subway Series by the New York Mets and a big bounce-back win against the Royals. And Parker will talk about this a little bit later on as it pertains to his picks, but it ended in dramatic fashion. And the pitch swung on and hit in the air to deep left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. A walk-off home run to win the game. A judgy and blast. A one-out. Bottom of the ninth. Home run by Judge 
to win the ball game one nothing. All rise. Here comes the judge. Never been a huge fan of the catchphrase in broadcasting. Here comes the judge, though, certainly in the top five. Uh, and a big win again for the Yankees, who still lead their division very comfortably. The Blue Jays are 11 and a half games back in second place, and the Blue Jays lost yesterday as well uh, to my very own St. Louis Cardinals. But good to see them try to turn it around as they compete with the Astros for the best record in baseball, and they have two wins better. The Yankees 67 and 33 on the season, and the Astros 65 and 35. The MLB trade deadline is coming up on August 2nd and still a bevy of moves expected uh, from many teams that are expected to be sellers. As you look at the American League East, four legitimate teams behind the Yankees could look to make moves as they look to remain in contention. The Orioles, by the way, not in last place anymore. They're a half game up on the Boston Red Sox, but the Blue Jays, Rays, <clears throat> excuse me, Orioles and Red Sox, all teams that could look to add that extra piece uh, as they look to build their contention, the AL Central is very competitive as well. The three teams at the top with the Twins in first place, the Guardians two games behind, and the White Sox two games behind them, all of which have teams that could go out and get a bat or a high-profile arm. The AL West, the Astros definitely have on lock, but the Mariners behind them still looking to find one of those wild-card spots is another team that could be buyers, the Mets. Uh, the red-hot Mets coming off of that sweep of the Yankees, like we talked about earlier. Three games up on the Braves, certainly looking to add a piece, and they did add a piece yesterday. We'll talk about that trade in just a couple of seconds. The Braves as well. Two legitimate contenders in the AL Central and the Brewers and the Cardinals and uh, the three teams, the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers in the uh, NL West, all of which could add that extra piece, and we'll have to keep an eye on that uh, as the deadline approaches. I mentioned the Mets. They acquired Tyler Naquin and Philip Dahl from the Reds. Uh, sent three minor leaguers back in that deal as Naquin is most likely going to be a rotational, maybe fourth outfielder for that team, and Dull uh, can hit a little bit as well. So an interesting piece of business from the Mets as they get closer to the deadline. They've made a couple of other minor moves, uh, most notably with the Pittsburgh Pirates as they look to build their contender. Uh, for the Mountaineers, Jacob Waters with a fourth-round selection of the Athletics in the draft, and we had Ernie Galuski on a couple of days ago to talk about uh, his impact at the Major League level. He signed his bonus yesterday. $491,750. That's about $10,000 more than that slot usually gets in the MLB draft. So Jacob Waters getting paid, and good for him. The Seahawks paid DK Metcalf a three-year $72 million extension for one of the better wide receivers in football. The question is, who's going to be throwing to him if it's Drew Locke or former WVU quarterback Geno Smith? So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. So that's just about everything that's going on in the sporting world. We'll take a very quick break, and when we return, we'll hear the post-game thoughts of Kevin Jones and Devin Ebanks from a couple of days ago when the best Virginia defeated the Buccaneers, and we'll talk about their matchup tonight. Uh, and later on in the show, we'll hear from Daniel Woods from WBOY Television. He'll talk about the American Legion State Tournament and kind of what went wrong for Berkeley post-14, talk about the rest of that tournament, and we'll get his thoughts on Best Virginia as well. As Panhandle Sports Live, we'll continue after this. Today, I'm up and I'm moving, parking a little farther away from the store to get some extra steps in. Today, I'm making healthy choices like fresh fruits and vegetables, lowering my A1C and improving my blood pressure. Today, the little things add up so that tomorrow I can celebrate what I did for my health today. Sponsored by West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources Bureau for Public Health, Division of Health Promotion and Chronic Disease Prevention, the West Virginia Broadcasters Association, and this station. 
Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Now, local businesses can get closer to every customer in their city with fast, affordable shipping. Introducing USPS Connect Local. You want speed? We deliver same or next day. You want savings? We give you supplies at a flat rate. You want less legwork? We do free pickups. Move your local business forward with the United States Postal Service. Let's connect at uspsconnect.com local. Specific markets, restrictions apply. Same day or next day delivery expected, but not guaranteed with entry close to final destination. Pete's property manager just took an extended vacation. He needs a replacement before this becomes a cruel summer. So you wanted the lakefront for the 17th. How did this get double booked already? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com credit. Terms and conditions apply. Don't risk getting stranded with a bad battery. Our professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery does need to be replaced, we'll help you find the best battery for your vehicle and your budget. Don't wait until your battery is dead. Get it tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live again. You're tuned in to Happy Friday to all of you listening. Thank you for making me a part of your Friday morning. And Panhandle Sports Live as well will be rejoined by Parker back on Monday when he comes back from his vacation. And Jordan will rejoin us on Tuesday. So it's just me, Luke Wiggs, holding down the fort here in the meantime. And again, I very much appreciate all of you for tuning in. Best Virginia playing tonight. You can hear on the Metro News Radio Network or you can watch the game on ESPN2. Tony Caridi will be on the call. Always a pleasure to hear uh, the, the sultry, smooth voice of Mr. Caridi and the undisclosed man who will be doing color for him tonight that I promise all of our listeners will enjoy. But the Mountaineers uh, win in the West Virginia Regional Final to advance to the Elite Eight against the Bucketneers. Two years ago, they fell in that regional final, so finally get over that mark uh, their third season in TBT. And Kevin Jones and Devin Ebanks took to the podium, uh, and Kevin Jones was asked if the atmosphere around being on the hook for a million dollars is more tense, less tense than playing in conference tournaments or playing in the NCAA tournaments, uh, which, of course, he did at his time here in West Virginia. It's about the same, man. Um, it makes it extra special um, playing uh, playing with your brothers, man. Um Especially like in college, you playing with them as well. But uh, obviously, we were a new uh, generation of guys, and uh, the way we blended so well in such a short amount of time, it's it's been great, man. And um, it's it's extra special just for that reason. So uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I still can't believe it. We're going to Dayton, so gotta gotta get focused for the for the next game. How hard is it for you guys? I mean, you had a day break, you know, between the first game and the second. How hard is it turning around and playing a game like this? It's tough um, when you got a, a 
this many amount of games in such a short amount of time, but we, we've done a great job. Coach, the coaches have doing a, done a great job of, um, you know, not overworking us, but also making sure that we stay focused on the task. And um, I think everybody came in here with uh, fresh legs for the most part, as, as fresh as they can be. Um, and, yeah, everybody locked in, paid attention to details. We had a couple lapses, but um, ultimately we, we, uh, we strapped up when we needed to and um, got a tough, gritty win. Well, Tay always brings great energy, um, and you know, just personally, I haven't, I haven't done this in a couple of years. So, you know, having some help out there, having people that can help take up the slack, handle the ball, is always good for me, as I'm still trying to, you know, get my feet more and more wet every game. So. You know, having Tay out there in the backcourt is always a good thing, good energy. Um, I feel like we play pretty good defense um, as a tandem, and, you know, we just want to see how far we can take it. And my apologies, that was uh, Jawan Staten, not Devin Ebanks, who answered that last question there, talking about Tavon Myers. And Staten was absolutely right. Uh, people don't realize he doesn't play professional basketball anymore. He's gone into coaching. He was a graduate assistant at WVU last year. Um, so the TBT is really the only time that he still plays organized basketball. You wouldn't know it by looking at him. He, he plays very similar to how he did in college, and he's 30 years old. Uh, but uh, that was him at the podium along with Kevin Jones talking about the tournament. And I wish I had more time to play that entire interview. It was about 15 minutes long because about halfway through it, Tavon Myers, who you heard the mask of Jawan stating about, is also playing very well in this tournament. Uh, he, he pops in. He says he has a question. And he runs up on stage and gets Kevin Jones to sign a little basketball for him, which I thought was a, a pretty funny move. But they play again tonight at 9 p.m. against the Red Scare. I don't know about you guys, but the Red Scare sounds like something that Joe McCarty or uh, what was that guy's name? McCarthy. Joe McCarthy would have said back in the day, back in the 60s, the senator. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the Red Scare is they've played some really, really tough basketball to get here. They play the city team in the first round in their regional and they win that game by five. Then they play the Golden Eagles and they win by six. And then they play the money team. That was the team that was sponsored by Floyd Mayweather uh, in their regional final uh, a couple of days ago and they only win by two. So they've won their games by five, six, and two. They've Played in very competitive matchups. Uh, they've scored as many as 83 and have been held to as many as 62. Jordan Seibert's their leading scorer, averaging just over 13 points per game. So a, a lot of tough buckets to be had Three against them that stations. have played Three some very, here. very good basketball. So uh, that's the team that'll be matching up tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, following the conclusion of the game that'll be played before. So they say 9 o'clock. It may not be a perfect 9 p.m. tip. And we'll have coverage of that game right here for you on the Panhandle News Network. We're going to step aside for just a moment. When we return from the break, we'll be joined by WBOY sports reporter Daniel Woods, talk a little American Legion baseball, get his thoughts on TBT as well, uh, and Mountaineer football ramping up. We'll ask Daniel just about as much as we can. Uh, but we'll step aside for just a moment after this quick update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Chris Lawrence. Going to be a lot of debate today in the state Senate when its floor session gets started this afternoon over abortion and income tax cuts. The House of Delegates passing the income tax bill pushed by Governor Justice Thursday that includes a 10% personal personal income tax reduction. Meanwhile, a majority of senators agreed to consider both amendments and passage of an abortion bill with narrow exceptions today. Democratic Senator Mike Caputo, though, said it's the wrong way to handle it. It's also, I believe, my right and more importantly, my duty to express my disappointment 
in the direction we're going. Now, the Senate has not planned any committee meetings on the abortion debate. West Virginia has been able to largely escape this week without any catastrophic downpours, but there's still the potential for that today. National Weather Service meteorologist Nick Webb said it doesn't take much to trigger a powerful storm under the current system. With this funnel system just meandering about the region, you know, any little disturbance that comes comes by, it serves to uh, give that funnel boundary some juice. About two dozen counties in southern and central West Virginia still under a flash flood watch through the evening. Six counties are under a state of emergency for flooding. Those include Fayette, Greenbrier, Logan, McDowell, Mingo, and Wyoming. In neighboring eastern Kentucky, severe flooding there has killed at least eight people. More than 10 inches of rain fell in less than 24 hours in some areas there. Governor Jim Justice announcing on Thursday that deployment of 14 members of the West Virginia National Guard to southeast Kentucky. They're bringing four aircraft along with them. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Why? Just think about it. Hello, can you hear me? Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized Hello, local Daniel, steel can you dealers hear me? you can find across the country. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Range of dependable I, gas I, and the first time using the phone on this board, so if I accidentally hang up on you, I'm sorry. From experienced professionals. Real all right. Um, find yours let me go ahead and put you on hold, and uh, we'll come to you in about two minutes, all right? Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. State police are investigating an officer involved in shooting late last night in Nicholas County at a gas station, according to the Nicholas County Sheriff's Department. 38-year-old Brian Woody was the subject of a disorderly conduct complaint about 11.40 in Craigsville. When they entered that convenience store, officers said Woody started shooting at, a, at them with a handgun. Nicholas County Sheriff William Nunley said the deputy returned fire and hit the suspect. Woody was transported to Summersville Regional Medical Center for treatment. His condition this morning is unknown. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Chris Lawrence. Celebrating 75 years of timeless traditions, it's the Berkeley County Youth Fair. It's the most anticipated event of summer. Here's your fair spotlight of what's going on today. To get things started at 4 p.m., it's the Miss Berkeley County Youth Fair Tea with interviews at Arden United Methodist Family Life Center. Then at 7 p.m., Friday, July 29th, it's the Miss Berkeley County Youth Fair Contest and crowning of the new Miss Youth Fair 2022 by the outgoing 2021 Miss Youth Fair, Caroline Cook. It happens in the indoor arena. To learn more, visit BerkeleyCountyYouthFair.org or like the Berkeley County Youth Fairs Association's page on Facebook. Admission to the fair is $5 for ages 13 and up, $3 for ages 6 through 12, and kids under 5 enter free. The Berkeley County Youth Fair event spotlight is powered by Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air Conditioning, proudly providing comfort to Berkeley County for over 20 years. Welcome to comfort at jandjcomfort.com. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Still Panhandle Sports Live, still Luke Wiggs. Filling in here at the controls and only a million different things that could go wrong between now and the end of the show. Jordan Ice Warner and Parker Stone on vacation, but of course we'll have Parker's picks at the end of this show. He's on a little bit of a heater. The man is something else. He's got a sixth sense 
when it comes for putting betting money in your pocket. We'll hear from Parker here in just a couple of moments. He sent his report in late last night. But joining us on the line right now, if I hope I press the right button, is WBOY sports reporter Daniel Woods, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot from him as high school and college football commence here in just a couple of weeks. Daniel, do I have you, and how are you today? I am here, and I am absolutely wonderful today and happy to be joining the program. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got you to wake up before noon so you could uh, to call into the show. We always appreciate your time. But take us through uh, what it's been like. Dale Miller Field, historic Dale Miller Field here at Morgantown. You guys were able to dodge the weather for the first couple of days of the Legion Tournament, got to see some good baseball, and then yesterday the heavens opened up and uh, kind of delayed things a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, I know you and I uh, both both have a, a soft spot for Legion baseball and for, for Dale Miller Field in particular, but I, it was a great first two days of baseball. I mean, uh, you had definitely some upsets. You had some teams uh, showing that maybe they had a little bit more than they showed in the regular season over the first couple of days. Um, you had uh, a Buchanan post-7 team uh, that was in its third state tournament appearance ever uh, that beat the host team, Morgantown post-2. Uh, in the first round of the tournament, um, a, a little bit of a surprise came on day two, uh, where where Berkeley post fourteen, uh, of course, the the team that I'm sure a lot of your your listeners were supporting in this tournament, uh, knocked off uh, Bridgeport post sixty eight, who had the the second best record uh, left in the state uh, on the second day of the tournament. They were the first team eliminated from the tournament, uh, so. You made it through two days with a lot of great baseball, a lot of exciting action. And then yesterday, Parkersburg post-15, Buchanan post-7 in an elimination game. Got started at 1 o'clock and didn't finish until close to 6 because of a a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay uh, that pushed that one back. Uh, And then Morgantown post-2, Berkeley post-14 matched up in a game that was supposed to start at 4 didn't get started till a little after six, so a little bit behind schedule. Had to push a game to today, uh, but it's it's been a great week of baseball. Well, you got to see Berkeley post fourteenth uh, twice. They play three games, and even though they go one and two in this tournament, you'd have to agree with me that really it was a heck of a showing. And they ran into a couple of buzz saws, unfortunately, in those losses. We knew the Parkersburg could hit. We didn't know what they had on the mound, and then Andrew Manley was phenomenal to beat them in the first game. Then they turn around and beat Bridgeport, who's almost a hundred percent comprised of. Uh, teams that had tremendous baseball success, winning multiple state championships uh, for Bridgeport High School. Um, and then yesterday against Post 2, uh, we also weren't sure what their pitching was going to look like after burning their first two aces, but then Gavin Cottle was just electric on the mound. So even though you lose two games, only win one, you run into two elite pitching performances, and all in all, I think it's still a really respectable showing uh, for Berkeley, despite them being eliminated. Absolutely. I, I, looking at these first couple of games, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to be there in person for uh, them taking on uh, Parkersburg in that first game. Uh, but having seen Parkersburg a couple times myself now, uh, that's that's not a team to be ashamed of dropping your first game to. Parkersburg, if I'm correct, is the only 30-game winner in the state this year. Uh, and Berkeley was with them pretty much uh, down to the final pitch. Uh, seeing them go up against Bridgeport in that second game, in, in that first elimination game, I, I understand why this post-14 team made it as far as they did. I mean, they go for 11 hits in that game. Braden Faddlemeyer was 
phenomenal going six innings in that game, allowing one hit and striking out eight. And they end up winning that game in extra innings. Uh, just a really impressive performance to see there. And then yesterday, like you said, I, I think you uh, having having the background that you do uh, growing up around here and having seen uh, this post two program for as long as you have, there's something special about post two at Dale Miller Field in a big spot like this. And I think that's what you saw last night. Uh, Caleb Cottle and Aiden Frombaugh for Morgantown uh, held Berkeley to one hit over seven innings. And it's not to say that Berkeley played poorly. I mean, they got a strong four-plus innings out of Dylan Stevens, and Trevor Bohr was phenomenal out of the bullpen. Uh, but that Morgantown pitching uh, has been outstanding in this tournament, the last two games particularly. They've, as a team, allowed one run in their last 14 innings of this tournament. And it, I think it really was just a matter of Berkeley running into the wrong team at the wrong time. Well, we talked uh, earlier in the show really about the state of Legion baseball in the state of West Virginia, and it's not exactly the greatest when you look at some of these area tournaments have just two or three teams, so there's not you know, 40 Legion teams in the state of West Virginia like there used to be. Maybe that's too high of a number. 30, 35 Legion teams. Uh, however, you look at the field that's left uh, in Morgantown, and I said earlier that Berkeley, even if they were still left, would be a team that you could put into this mix with Morgantown, Parkersburg, and South Charleston. And while the product as a whole is maybe not the best uh, it's ever been in West Virginia, two of those three teams are going to advance, of course, one of them being Morgantown because they're the host team. And, and I think you'd agree with me that when the uh, what is it, the Mid-Atlantic Regional comes to Dale Miller Field the next week, there's going to be some competitive representation from West Virginia. That's that's without a doubt. Uh, you've got, like I said, a Parkersburg team that was a 30-game winner. Uh, this South Charleston team, I didn't really know a lot about going into this tournament, but they have been as impressive as anybody I've seen this week, uh, simply because they're the only team going into the final day of the tournament that hasn't lost yet. Uh, but Morgantown is a story that I've really been following all year, to be completely honest with you. This is a team that started 5-11. and 11. Uh, I talked to their, their manager, Andy Altimus, uh, about a week ago after the area tournament, and he said this is the, the hardest schedule that they've ever put together for this program. So don't be fooled by a record that's close to 500 for them. They started the season 5-11, and 11, and as I'm trying to do the quick math in my head, they, they've taken somewhere in the realm of 14 of their last 18 games in the month of July. Uh, so Morgantown, despite what you would think looking at their record, is not a, a team to be overlooked and say, you know, they're just here because they're the host team. That's not the case. Uh, at, at the end of the day, the top-end talent in the state of West Virginia for Legion Baseball is as good as ever. Uh, like you said, we're talking about a tournament in which Bridgeport Post 68, who has a ton of guys with multiple state championship rings that are going to be playing high-level college baseball, and you add to that Cole Malnick, a first-team All-State shortstop from North Marion, and they were the first team eliminated from the tournament, which is is something that I've I've honestly had a hard time uh, getting past over the last couple of days. My brain doesn't want to make sense of that. Of course, we're speaking with WBOY's Daniel Woods, and thanks for giving us the time. I want to switch gears on you uh, really quickly in the final few minutes that we have you here and talk a little TBT. I know because you've been covering the Legion State Tournament, you haven't been able to watch Best Virginia as closely as you would like, but 
They advanced to the Elite Eight for the first time in this tournament. Kind of give me your thoughts on this roster. I, I think it's the best iteration of best Virginia we've had up until this point, although obviously without Caleb Wesson and maybe a pure point guard, uh, they're without their, uh, their, they do have their deficiencies. What are kind of your expectations today against the Red Scare and whether or not this team has a couple of more wins left in them? Well, I think if you're being completely honest, this is the what best Virginia got the worst possible draw out of anybody left in this final eight, uh, because not only are they going to be playing on shorter rest than most of the teams left in the tournament, they're going to have to do it against the alumni team of the host of the finals. And as you've seen over the years, the city of Dayton absolutely loves its college basketball and it has embraced the TBT as well. You know, there's great turnouts for this and it's, as much as as much as West Virginia, best Virginia, I should say, had a partisan crowd in Charleston. Red Scare is going to have a partisan crowd in Dayton, and it's going to be something best Virginia has to overcome. I like the way that this roster is constructed. Uh, I really think some of the younger additions that have made been made to this roster this year, Jermaine Haley in particular, has has made this a, a much more well-rounded team. And I think you can say that is a large part of why this team has gotten this far. I think there are it's those pieces like Jermaine Haley that like Jay Sean Page that are are sort of on the periphery of what this team does that really makes this team go. And then obviously he's not a not a West Virginia alum, but Jamel Morris has been in my eyes as impressive as any guard on this roster really over the last 2 years and that's as big an addition as this team has made. I think at any point in its history. You know, that's funny, excuse me, that you brought up Jermaine Haley. I I did want to get your thoughts on a quote that he had that was a little bit of an eye roller, if I'm being completely honest with you. And I'm somebody that was a a Jermaine Haley defender back in the day, but he was asked courtside by Brad Howe about the evolution of his game because he's come back a a very different player than he was in college. He's a lot stronger. He's hitting shots that he didn't hit in college. He's maybe a little bit better of a facilitator. And uh, Brad asked him about the evolution of his game at the professional ranks. And Jermaine Haley said... Oh, I've always been able to play like this, but you, you you need to understand that you have to do what a coach is asking you to do, and I had to do what Bob Huggins asked me to do. Daniel, I think you'd agree with me. I don't necessarily think that Bob Huggins was stopping Jermaine Haley from scoring four, 15 points a game in college. I thought that was a little bit of an eye-roll comment, but certainly he has been playing very good basketball in this tournament. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Jermaine Haley as much as the next guy, but you and I both saw his, his offensive acumen at WVU he was an outstanding passer he was a guy that could get to the basket but if he wasn't getting to the rim the ball wasn't going <laughs> in the hole if it was in his hand so I, I think Jermaine's a great player but I think at the same time you've got to admit he has made large strides once he's gotten to the professional level and you've got to give him credit for that I mean you look at a guy uh, that as we said and I think with the way that, that he played when he was at WVU, he probably would admit was somewhat of a limited offensive player at WVU, and he has completely changed that. And West Virginia is is the recipient of the benefits of those those improvements. 
All right, let's switch gears one more time since we've got you on the line again. It's uh, sports reporter WBOI Television, Daniel Woods. appreciate you giving us the time and talk a little football uh, because that's what's going to be ramping up here in the next couple of days. I know I had the conversation with Metro News' Joe Bricado and how busy he's going to be traversing the landscape and talking about high school football and then uh, football camp, of course, opening for WVU as well. Uh, let's start with the Mountaineers. Uh, and your expert opinion as somebody that's going to kind of be covering the team for WBOI. Uh, was training camp opening, getting to look at some of the players, you know, quarterbacks, what depth they're going to have in the offensive line, rebuilding some pieces on the defense. Give me one or two really big storylines that you yourself are going to be keeping an eye on in terms of position battles or new faces or whatever uh, when WVU football gets started. I think, obviously, everyone's going to want to talk about JT Daniels. Everyone's going to want to talk about the offense with Graham Harrell. I honestly think as long as JT Daniels is healthy, that's largely plug and play uh, with a veteran offensive line. I'm more concerned with the secondary on this team. That's what jumps off the page first to me. Uh, you're looking at a group that returns Charles Woods and pretty much nobody else. Uh, you're you're going to be plugging in either a, a graduate transfer uh, with a, a couple of guys coming in from Colorado State and James Madison, respectively, or a redshirt freshman and Andrew Wilson Lamp as your number two corner. Uh, and then you're looking at replacing all three safeties in your 4-2-5 scheme. Uh, you've got some young guys that came along in the spring, uh, you know, guys like Aubrey Burks, uh, Davis Mallinger, uh, that are going to have opportunities to step in. But you've also got some older guys, uh, a couple of FCS transfers. Marcus Floyd uh, came from Murray State back in the spring. Uh, he was working out at the cat safety position, which is uh, more or less the free safety position in his defense. Uh, and he's a guy that this coaching staff, I think, was really happy with what they got out of him in the spring. And then in the fall, you're going to get to see Jasir Cox for the first time. He's a transfer from North Dakota State that won national championships at the FCS level with the Bison. Uh, he's looking to step into that spear spot. I know that, that Malinger was there in the spring, but that really some of those guys are interchangeable. Cox fits that hybrid linebacker safety role really well. Uh, that's kind of what he played at North Dakota State. He was listed there as a linebacker, but he comes in around 205, 215. So he's a guy that can, that can turn and run uh, from, from uh, sort of a box safety role. Uh, so that's the biggest thing is if you can plug guys into that secondary and you can keep teams from running it up on you in the passing game, I think that's, the number one story. Uh, and then just to, to add one more, I think I'm looking at this defensive line a little bit more because I think you're going to see a, a defensive line that has a lot of experience, but it's going to be one that has to play a little bit differently than West Virginia has the last couple of years. You lose Akeem Mesidor, you're going to replace him with Jordan Jefferson. And Jordan Jefferson, uh, for better or for worse, is more of a true nose tackle than Akeem Mesidor. We, we heard that's part of the reason Akeem Mesidor left is he didn't want to be playing over the center anymore. And Jordan Jefferson is a guy that will slot much better into that role as either a zero, a one, or a three technique there in the middle. And then you have Dante Stills and, and Taj Alston coming off the edges, uh, plus whoever wins the battle at Bandit between Linnell Carr uh, and Jared Bartlett. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a different front for WVU in terms of style, uh, but I think it's going to be one uh, that may be a little bit deeper than we've seen in the last couple of years. Very good. Last question I have for you, and again, I apologize for yanking your chain all over the sports landscape. Um, 
since you're covering the North Central West Virginia High School football as well, um, I, I know that there's uh, vested interest in the schedules of teams out here as Musselman will be taking on Bridgeport. Spring Mills will uh, host University. Morgantown's coming out here as well. Uh, give us the team or teams uh, to keep an eye on coming out of your region, Morgantown, University, Bridgeport, whoever, uh, that, that look to be legitimate contenders as high school football practice uh, officially begins here in a couple of days as well. I think the team that jumps off the page first is University. I think John Kelly has a pretty good team out on Baker's Ridge this year. I think they have some pieces to replace on both sides of the ball. Sage Clodges was their number one receiver last year. Uh, he's gone to a prep school in North Carolina. They lose uh, one of their leading tacklers in Donald Brandle, as well as their leading rusher in Colin McPhee. Uh, but I think if they can find somebody to turn and hand the ball to, uh, in addition to some stoppers on defense. This is a team that's going to make some things happen. Uh, you've got Luke Hudson back, a quarterback who came on for an injured Chase Edwards at the end of the year last year and was phenomenal, taking this team not only uh, through the end of the regular season, but also uh, through a couple rounds of the playoffs. Uh, and then you have Noah Bram uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, who is committed to play football at WVU. You know, I talked to Noah and his dad, Rich, who was an All-American at WVU a couple weeks ago. And they basically said that Neil Brown uh, went to went to Noah, and they said the same thing to John Kelly. We we don't know what position we want you to play in college, but you're you're six two two thirty, and you run a, a four six forty. So we're going to take you now and figure it out later. Uh, so that's that's kind of what you're looking at there from from university. Morgantown's got some work to do. I think they have a chance to turn a corner this year, though, with a little bit more experience. And then looking at Bridgeport, you never want to count, count the Indians out just because they're so plug-and-play with that with that system under Tyler Ferris. They are breaking in a new quarterback. Cam Cole is gone, uh, and they're going to bring Anthony Spadafore into the lineup, who's a standout basketball player but doesn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of live reps on the football field uh, in his career. So... Those are the three teams, I think, based on who will be heading out to the Eastern Panhandle and matching up uh, with some of the teams uh, in, in your listenership that, that people are going to want to watch out for, University and Bridgeport, namely. But I would not be surprised to see a Morgantown program that has struggled some the last couple of years but got into the playoffs last year, maybe turn a corner and surprise some people this year. Uh, obviously with a with a coach uh, from out that way a little bit with Sean Beiser having come from Kaiser a couple years ago. All right, well, there you have it. That was Legion Baseball, TBT, high school and college football in like 15 minutes. That's why they call him the man. That's why he gets paid the big we bucks. Have, <laughs> you and I used to have four hours to do this. That's a very good point, back in the college radio days. But uh, Daniel Woods for WBOY, check out his work. He's a very good special, what, what am I trying to say, social media follow. Daniel, thank you for giving us the time. Of course, thanks for having me. All righty. We're going to take our final break of the show. When we return, we'll have Parker's Picks coming up after this, as this is Panhandle Sports Live. Come celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards with the all-new Orioles Flexible Ticket Bank. Choose from three plan options, including 10, 20, and 40 ticket vouchers, giving you the ultimate flexibility for your game day experience. Save over the cost of single-game tickets with plans starting at $350. Select your plan, then choose your games and seats. Use your ticket vouchers in any combination, like two for one game and then four for another. It's up to you. Select your plan at Orioles.com slash ticket bank. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well... 
trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Come on, we're going to be late to the cookout. I was just packing up my famous mac and cheese. I hope you packed the Pepto, too. Huh? Pepto-Bismol provides fast relief from heartburn and indigestion. You know, that uncomfortable feeling after you eat too much and after the deviled eggs, baked beans, and barbecue ribs, you're going to need it. Barbecue ribs? I should probably pack an extra shirt, too. <laughs> Good call. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Panhandle Sports Live. Your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Final segment of the week for Panhandle Sports Live. I hope all of our listeners are going to have a phenomenal weekend. That was Daniel Woods of WBOI Television. Uh, and as he alluded to there at the end of the show, I have some experience working in the past with Daniel. Uh, U92 College Radio at uh, WVU was a, an absolute blast back in the day. Not necessarily during the pandemic like he was talking about there. He and myself would do four hours of just the two of us uh, every Wednesday for uh, our sports shows, our WVU sports show and our national sports show. So it got a little bleak there at times, but uh, uh, a very, very uh, knowledgeable figure in the sport media world in West Virginia. So I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot from him uh, in regard to Mountaineer football and uh, those local teams when they come out this way to play in the panhandle. But it's the end of the show, and you know what that means. It's time for another edition of Parker's Picks. And the kid is hot, folks. He is hot. His picks are landing. Let's see what he has for us today. Good morning, Panhandle Sports Live. Parker Stone with you once again reporting from Kill Devil Hills in North Carolina. Another edition of Parker's Picks. Now, I will say I am more red than a Spring Mills high school student section right now on a Friday night. But, you know, if that means me burning up to go flawless once again in picks, 
I will take that. All three of my picks for yesterday's games did hit. My lock of the day was the Yankees over the Royals. Now, the Royals did give me a little bit of a uh, little bit of a shock there for a little bit until Aaron Judge walked that one off of the ninth. But thankfully, a walk off went in the right direction and not the wrong direction it did two days ago. So for my picks for today, my lock of the day is going to be a local one as I'm locking in the Orioles to beat the Reds today. Reds are pitching a guy who has close to a 7 ERA, and that's why I'm rolling with the Orioles on this one. Plus, they've been playing good ball. They beat the Rays last night, too, so they're coming in with a lot of momentum. I also like the Cardinals over the Nationals today, as well as I am liking, you know, I'm going the Rangers over the Angels today. I think that's a good matchup to go for. And I'll throw a bonus one out there for you, too. Braves over Diamondbacks seems like a gimme. So those are my picks for today. Again, lock of the day. Orioles over the Reds. Other picks I like. Braves over Diamondbacks. As well as Cardinals over Nationals. Luke, back to you in the studio. And I will see you back on Monday. Parker's picks again, and folks, I'd listen to the man. He's on a little bit of a heater, as we keep alluding to, so uh, there you have it. And I promise I'm not intentionally sabotaging Parker's picks. I didn't have it in the right pot. Yesterday, I accidentally started it over, and today, the first 15 seconds of that clip were silent. I'm not trying to stifle uh, you guys making money off of Parker's picks, I promise. But Parker will uh, rejoin me uh, next week. Uh, on Monday, the two of us will do a show together, and then we'll be rejoined by Jordan Ice Warner um, when he comes back from his vacation on Tuesday. But again, it's going to be a very busy sports weekend as Best Virginia will play tonight at 9 p.m. against the Red Scare in front of the Red Scare's home fans in Dayton. Uh, so a lot going against them as they're in the Elite Eight, and we'll have every Best Virginia game if they continue to advance, if they're lucky enough to advance right here on the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is coming up after this, so I encourage you to continue listening here on WEPM and WCST, but I have been Luke Wiggs, and I hope all of our listeners are going to have uh, just a lovely, lovely weekend, uh, and, and thank you for letting me fill in and uh, inform you on what's going on in the sporting world over the last couple of days. Again, Panhandle Live coming up next. We'll have coverage of Best Virginia against the Red Scare tonight at 9 p.m., roughly, as they'll start after the conclusion of the game that tips off before them as well, uh, on the Metro News Radio Network with Tony Caridi on the call. The man, the myth, the legend, the Italian Tony Caridi uh, and his color commentator whose identity will be revealed um, a little bit closer to tip-off on the Metro News Radio Network tonight again at 9 p.m. here on the Panhandle News Network. Thanks for listening. This has been Panhandle Sports Live. The bright August sun feels like yellow And the white of her eyes is so WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.